Hello everybody! Why are vegans so damn triggered by vegetarians? Can't we all just get along? You're listening to Vegan Talk. With me, Anthony. Me, Kate. Me, Paul. And me, Julie. Welcome everyone. This is Vegan Talk and today we're addressing the elephant in the room. If we can get the vegetarians to stop milking it for a moment, that is. Yes, most vegans were vegetarian once, and yet so many vegans get steam coming out of their ears at the mere mention of the word vegetarian. Can't we all just get along, or are we doomed to always have a barrier between the two groups? Before we get started, do please remember that we love hearing your thoughts too, so get typing away to enoughofthefalafel at gmail.com. Go on, don't be shy. Okay, right. Let's let's take things really, really basic to start with. We don't know how people find our podcast and, and how they've ended up here. So we might need to just clarify the terms. Difference between someone who's vegan and somebody who is vegetarian, generally speaking anyway. Uh, Paul, give us a definition. How do you view these things? Uh, it's very much on, take a very literal uh, view on it. It's, it's kind of the consumption of the food. So it's, uh, if you see vegans don't eat dairy, milk, and uh, things like honey, which obviously catches people out. But obviously, myself included, don't wear any leather and try and avoid animal exploitation and pain as far as is practically possible. Whereas somebody who's vegetarian would consume dairy, milk, cheese, and honey and probably not be as tied into, say, using other animal products such as, say, leathers or animal tested products even, possibly. But they would avoid... Meat. Anyone want to broaden or clarify or come back at any of those terms? Are we happy with that as a starting point? You get different kinds of vegetarian, don't you? So you get ovo-lacto-vegetarians and all the rest of it. I think vegetarianism is normally viewed as being a sort of dietary thing rather than a whole lifestyle thing. Whereas veganism, because it's linked to your own moral code, it's a rejection of all forms of animal exploitation. But with vegetarianism, it's a kind of repulsion towards the kind of slaughter and the very big obvious manifestations of animal cruelty I think anyway mm. I, th- I I did used to be a vegetarian or call myself that but I did a lot more than the whole diet thing so I mm. think that I got probably termed a strict vegetarian or something well I'm just thinking there's the the company vegetarian shoes isn't there which if you take it just from a dietary point of view doesn't make any sense but I guess abstaining from leather because that the animal has to be killed in order to for you to obtain that. I guess what we're identifying here is that actually there are as many different ways of expressing these things as there are people li- living each lifestyle, I suppose. But I think broadly speaking, we've we've sort of nailed that for for most of the population. I I would say, um, and as you've touched on there, Julie, most of us have identified as vegetarian ourselves before becoming vegan so i'm i'm in that camp too kate paul is that the same for you yep yeah okay yeah on and off over the years yes for sure okay so we've all we've all had the vegetarian label and yet and yet it can cause some steam coming out of the ears and some some triggering i hope it's fair to say that that is something that happens otherwise this is a bit of a pointless podcast really isn't it so 
I think I'd like us to discuss some theories to start with. So there could be lots of different reasons why vegans feel triggered by somebody saying they're vegetarian or the actions of a vegetarian. So I'm going to put it to you that one theory might be that if you're vegetarian, you get to get the kind of kudos for being a nice person because, oh, I'm vegetarian. Look, I don't I don't believe in killing animals. But actually, as vegans, we know if you're vegetarian, you still cause an awful lot of suffering and pain through the egg industry, the dairy industry, silk, honey. And so actually, that's what's really triggering. It's the fact that vegetarians can say, look at me, I'm really nice and I'm really good, but they're causing a lot of pain. What what do we think to that? Is that is that why it is? I can't speak for all vegans, obviously, but what I would say is I think I might not be triggered by vegetarians so much. I hope. I try not to be anyway. But I am sort of picking up on Anthony's point there. I am triggered is not a word I use really, but I am upset by any consumption of the products of animal abuse. So I'm not I'm not kind of baited or upset by the actual person, but if what they are doing is celebrating the products of animal exploitation in front of me, if you see what I mean, that hurts. That really, really gets me. I yeah. right, I hear what you're saying and I think that's that's laudable. I'm getting to know you a little bit, Julie, and I reckon that's not correct. Because I, if I'm a vegetarian and I say, Julie, I'm vegetarian. I'm just like you. Like, I hate I hate the suffering of animals. Like, it's awful, isn't it? Like, if people were more like you and me and, and were vegetarian, like, wouldn't the world be a much better place? You're telling me you wouldn't find that triggering. Well, I wouldn't find it triggering. I had a vegetarian in contact with me in the week there saying something quite similar and when I pointed out the two industries that they were supporting not being as benign as they felt they were, you know, because they were talking about happy chickens and cows that lived down the road from her that seemed very happy and that's where she got her milk and all the rest of it. And I said, well, you might be seeing some happy cows and chickens. It's doubtful that you are, but you might be. But you're not seeing the male calves and you're not seeing the male chicks because they've been killed and all the rest of it which she hadn't thought about and was surprising. So it's not so much me being triggered, but if I see that someone's been spun a line, I won't leave them in their ignorance because at some point, somebody somewhere took me out of mine and I'm very glad that they did. So yeah, I'm not triggered, but I will put people right if if they are operating under a bit of a fairy story about a kind version of the dairy industry or happy hens somewhere. Paul, do you feel the red mist sometimes? Um, I think not so much. I mean, your statement about vegetarians sort of being able to claim some kudos, that doesn't really sort of hit with me. I think if I meet a vegetarian, my initial feeling on meeting them, if I don't know there is, oh great, there's someone that could potentially talk to about being vegan if we get to the point with that person where they come out with some ridiculous statement about i can't do i couldn't give up cheese then i do feel despondent i, I know but i wouldn't get angry i'd be more like okay here's a conversation that we can probably probably have but i like to think i always view vegetarians as people that have i know <laughs> we talked about using the phrase journey but it is for me it is a journey and we've and all of us have been on it so i always come back to that point of saying i was in that position i had someone get me out of that as well 
And why should I expect someone to do more than that when I didn't? Surely there's something more depressing about someone who is making a lifestyle shift to avoid meat and fish and leather, let's say, for example, but is still, presumably for ethical reasons, as, as a lot of vegetarians are, but are still saying, oh, yeah, but I can't, I can't give up my cheese. I can't give up my Stilton. Like, surely that is more depressing. Well, I divide vegetarians into groups. I don't know if this is going to help the conversation. Literally. Is that with a weapon? With a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's the ones who genuinely, really, honestly, genuinely do not realise that they're supporting animal abuse. Mm. There's those ones. They do not make me feel angry, but they will prompt me to get my phone out and start showing them <laughs> some videos. So there's the people who just don't realise, but they're really well-meaning and they don't get me annoyed, but they put me into a different sort of mode, really, and I challenge their thinking. There are the ones who know a bit, but they choose not to find out anymore or think about mm. it because they know there's bad stuff that's going to make them feel guilty eating their stilton or whatever. So they kind of metaphorically put their head in the sand. Those people are frustrating, I have to say. And then there are the ones that do know, and they have even watched the documentaries and they know the stuff. But for some reason, they do all kinds of strange kind of mental gymnastics and weird stuff within their own morality to justify their own consumption they'll say oh yeah no it's terrible and the animal this happens to them but I've got this medical condition that means that I've got to have dairy because of my bones or you know what I mean they've got some kind of weird thing that means that they they're well aware of what they're getting into but they're refusing mm. to change because they feel absolutely enslaved by their own health and then there are there are these other vegetarians who are just doing it because they've read somewhere that it's better for their health. It's nothing to do with the animals at all. It's a purely health thing. Might not even be the environment, whatever. And there's there's no point in getting upset about those folk because they're not they're not wanting to engage with conversations about animals. So there's no point in getting red misted up over them. They're just, you know, out for themselves and they're just going to get on with it. That's how I divide them up. Your little Venn diagrams. <laughs> Go on, Kate. Yeah, that was really nicely broken down, I think, Julie. <laughs> well done. Honestly, yeah, I totally agree. I, I do get a red mist come up when I come across somebody who, who, like you say, who says, oh, yes, I've seen all the videos. I've seen that. Oh, it is awful. I know. I'm a hypocrite. I'm just going to carry on eating the cheese and the eggs. And, and I have even spoken to somebody who was getting completely upset about, um, I think it was a pigeon being eaten by a seagull, which and tried to rescue them, you know, and I'm thinking, but you eat eggs, la la la, you know, but people, people who are vegetarian, and some people 
who've been vegetarian a, a long time. I mean, I remember myself when I was vegetarian and I met my first ever vegan and thinking they were an incred- incredibly extreme. And I felt very smug and like, yay, I'm doing really great thing for the animals. I remember that smug feeling I had then. And um, <laughs> I do understand that. But I, I don't know. I, I, I regard a lot of uh, vegetarians who are vegetarian because of the animals. That I, I do find that some a lot of people really don't genuinely do not know what's going on with calves, with cows, with chickens, etc. They just they don't actually really know. And when I have had that conversation with people sometimes that you can see the kind of the veil falling and the realization oh hang on a minute and especially if they can see that you and other people around them are vegan happy healthy bouncy not dead yet then they can see actually there's another way i would say that none of us are completely morally consistent in our lives and I feel like what we're expressing here is a frustration at a lack of moral consistency so saying one thing but not following it through to its logical conclusion and I challenge anyone to say and and lay out all the actions of, of their life and say absolutely everything I do and omit doing completely follows through to the nth degree with all of my moral and philosophical and ethical beliefs. I just don't think it's possible. It's not to say we shouldn't try, of course, but it seems to me that that's that's a big source of frustration. And actually that that can be levelled at vegans, therefore, can't it? And, and we hear that, that is an objection to veganism, isn't it? People say, oh, well, you're vegan, but you've got a mobile phone or you still drive a car or you still... Is it not just the same thing? It can be potentially. I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's a fair, it's a fair comment. Right, that's that. <laughs> 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 um, there is something, though. But, but I think there is something. Maybe it's just within me, but I'm not going to call it triggered. But there is something. Are you triggered by the word triggered, Julie? Yes, I think I am. <laughs> I think, though, there is something a bit tricky I find just say I'm having a conversation I've got quite a few vegetarians in my life and sometimes when I'm in their company and talking with them it can feel a little bit I will own up to this I can feel uncomfortable listening to grown adults telling me that although they know the facts behind something and they do not wish to be consuming it for a variety of reasons that they cannot stop themselves from doing so. There is something about hearing a grown adult who has a job, who has mental capacity, who, you know what I mean, who has lots of other things they can be consuming, telling me that they cannot prevent themselves from going into a shop and purchasing, you know, whatever it is, cheese or whatever. That I find disturbing. It's not making me angry. Well, it does make me angry because I'm thinking about the animals. But but even even if you were to be tolerant, like like Anthony is saying about people's moral compass not always being a hundred percent in alignment, we're always we're always navigating off that pathway and navigating ourselves back and off and on and you know wending our way through life, doing our best. 
But something as really kind of obvious and conscious as that, there is something a bit disturbing about people, I think, coming out with statements like that about, oh, what, but I'm addicted to, and if it's a sort of, if it's a food stuff, you just think, oh, heck, yeah, I find that worrying. It represents more of a laziness and lack of commitment to belief, doesn't it, really? Because I think that's sometimes that's what's needed for the for the jump. You need to be shown the information, you need to take the information in, and then you need to act on it. And I think that acting on it has a lot of barriers. Uh, yeah, it's going to disturb my life. Things will have to change. Food, what I do, who I see, where I go, potentially. And that's the thing that puts people off, I think, um, and, and challenges but it's the quite, commitment. It's quite childlike. To me, it just seems childlike oh, to yeah. not have self-control and to be so kind of suki that you need your milk or whatever the heck it is they're Isn't wanting. That, I think that's a, that's a veil to, that's a veil to the laziness I think they really is it's kind of making a joke of addiction which it isn't it's not like cigarettes or drugs it's a joke it's kind of almost deflecting the laziness onto an addiction perhaps yeah it's it is cheese is the one it's the one every everybody says is oh i can't get off my cheese and it is addictive and we now know that our gut microbiome craves the foods it's got used to and it takes like 13 tastes to get used to something else it's our job to kind of point in the direction of the cathedral cheese or whatever the <laughs> vegan cheese is the nutritional yeast i thought you meant religion oh. <laughs> i thought you were going to say about religion Send people to church that'll sort them out <laughs> go to church yeah i don't know um and yeah i used to love cheese i remember loving cheese myself so and i guess people they also they kind of might say out loud what worrying them what's stopping them it is hard if uh, yeah if they just don't seem to be wanting to even try to change but like I, I can hear I can hear what you're saying Julian and like I think having a, a sort of cold hard dose of reality and a bit of a slap in the face for people sometimes is is important but I think we're we're talking about the human condition really and like we are we're shaved chimps you know that's what we are we're we're not much more evolved than that and so kind of being unable to control ourselves and and kind of getting stuck in ruts and going back to old habits that's that's part of the human experience I, I would say and like better that we know that people are struggling with that than um than we don't know it but it, it is still very irritating isn't it I think some people though are maybe better at a bit of self-discipline or if they're looking at it as a kind of deprivation I don't see it as deprivation because an animal has been deprived of far more than anything I would be missing out on if that is even a thing to think about but the vegetarians that I know that don't want to not have certain products and things they are seeing that as deprivation and I think some of us are just better at, because of our life experiences, we've had times when we've had to just not have things. And, and the people I'm thinking of have had a different life from me where I don't think many people have said to them, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What, what about the argument that actually dairy and eggs, that those industries are worse than the meat industry in terms of the prolonged suffering 
for an animal that is repeatedly being impregnated or having like the the existence of um, a enriched cage hen or even a free range hen like that that's such an abhorrent existence that actually if, if a vegetarian is replacing their protein from meat with cheese and eggs that actually that's causing more suffering than somebody who's i don't know maybe having three or four portions of meat i think it's just as bad i yeah, don't think you bit... can quantify it but it's definitely just as bad just as heinous definitely but i don't think mm. i can I think it's hard to compare these things I say to vegetarians, this is, I don't go into great detail if they don't need me to, but I will just say to them, the dairy and the egg industry are slaughter industries too. No, I think that's, that's a very good I point though, is it? It's, it's, they are, I think I've said similar, but not the same. I've just said, are you aware that, yeah, that it's more of a hidden slaughter, isn't it? I think with, with dairy sort of industries, it's kind of, it's just not, it's not seen, it's not understood, it's people aren't aware because there's still this, somehow there's still this understanding with intelligent people that I speak to, these are people that have, you know, highly academically qualified, who still think cows eat grass, make milk. Something along the line has, has stuck with mm. them that that's the case and that's, mm. whether it's from being young or whatever, but or it's just been convenient to kind of help them mm. ignore what goes on, but yeah, it's just not, it's not an animal on a plate, so it's it's not dead, therefore, what's the problem? I think that's kind of the thinking of a lot of people. But also, going back to this thing about the definition, this has just occurred to me. You know, we were trying to define vegetarianism and veganism. I think one of the fundamental differences between vegetarians and vegans is vegetarians sort of seem to have an acceptance of the use of animals. And what they seem to be tolerant of is sort of nice farms and nice treatment and animal welfare whereas vegans are animal rights and abolitionist well maybe not or maybe it's just me I don't know but vegans are animal rights and against and opposing all forms of exploitation but but vegetarians are kind of the animal welfare people and they will support the little seemingly happy farms and happy chickens and, you know, that free range, whatever. Some of them have like their own chickens in the backyard. And oh, I love my chickens and all that, don't they? Which, you know, for their eggs and what have you. Yeah, I, that's that's a really good point, I think. And I do think that people need to be exposed to more film footage of what actually goes on as well. I mean, I I, I was at a, an activism thing a few weeks ago and this woman walking past was just, she stopped dead and looked back at the footage and it was just as they were showing calves in a slaughterhouse and she she went, I'm done. And she said she was vegetarian, nearly vegan, cheese was the last thing. And just watching that, she said, that's it. I'm not having any more cheese anymore. That was enough. So, you know, I think there are a lot of uh, vegetarians, if they were exposed to more like real life information like that, that would, you know, they saw the real thing like that. They they would change. I'm sure they would. I think it's going back to some of the earlier definitions Julia was talking about is that I would have classed myself as a vegetarian who was part ignorant, part head in sand because I probably did know some of this stuff. And 
you know, part lazy as well, I guess, really. So seeing leaflets, seeing stuff, speak, speaking to vegans, you know, as Anthony, we talked about in my session with you, it was it, it, that that was the sort of thing that got me over and I can only speak from that experience ultimately. So just thinking about, not necessarily a call to action, but a, a, a sort of direction that we can we can take this feeling, this experience that we have, which which can be feeling annoyed, irritated, maybe even feeling a bit betrayed or whatever difficulties that we might have as vegans when vegetarianism is the subject or or there is somebody that we're conversing with who's identifying that way. What actions do we think are the best to take? Obviously, it's going to depend on the circumstances to, to an extent, but are we is the best thing to do to, to just stay silent and uh, take take a moment, chew on some nicotine gum? Or is it, uh, you know, to try and confront? We talked about showing footage. Paul, I think you were saying that potentially meeting a, a vegetarian is, is low-hanging fruit. That's somebody who's going to perhaps be more receptive to things. Like, what approach would you take then, Paul? You're, you're kind of feeling feeling frustrated or feeling anger or, or or whatever it is like how are you going to deal with that i think i'd always be thinking try and think of it as an opportunity to make something better not to just get angry with it because that doesn't benefit anyone including yourself by just getting angry it doesn't help the animals and also think how am i going to do that and it's you know very apt from a vegan perspective carrot not stick although sticks are vegan i guess but <laughs> <laughs> yeah Probably, it depends on the person, but I never shut up, so um, I'm afraid. The, the other week I, I was chatting with somebody and she said she was vegetarian and I just said to her, oh, do you mind me asking, why are you vegetarian? And she said, oh, for the animals. Right, in there. <laughs> she wasn't aware of what happens to calves, to chicks or anything. So, yeah, I am not somebody who will stand back and not say anything I I will say something I'll try and say it in as straightforward a, a way as possible but actually it, it coincided with me having seen some very recent footage and I actually started crying so I think she was doubly shocked so you know I I think I hope she's made a change I always say something to somebody you know no matter what because even if you think oh I've not made any impression You've sown a, a seed, someone else will sow another seed, someone else may have a better approach to that particular person, they may see something along the way, you don't know, but just little by little, drip, 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 you know, you're going to hopefully make some sort of impression. Were those drip, drip, drips you bursting into tears? <laughs> <laughs> At that, on that occasion, yeah. <laughs> so... Julie, what about you? What what have you found to be the most effective way of dealing with that frustration? Remind yourself that you may not see the fruits of your helpful discussion in within that moment. I have had people that I've had conversations with change years later. Just like what Kate was saying, you are part of that change within that person but maybe not in that moment, but further on down the line. So never give up on anybody, I would say, because I have witnessed some people change that I just thought never would. And I actually, even this week, yeah. saw somebody change within the length of time of a day as well. 
So, yeah, I, I sort of try and think the best of people and tell myself that the desire to do it differently is probably in there somewhere and you just never know when it's going to come to fruition, really. So patience to an extent, but I'm like Kate, I don't shut up and I will always speak up for the animals. They cannot speak up for themselves. It's what we would want if we were suffering. So yes, I always speak up for them. I will temper it depending on where I am and who I'm talking to and where they're at. I have a whole spectrum of tools and videos and photographs and experiences to relate to people of different intensities depending on what's needed so and I use them to the best effect that I possibly can but I'm always there for people I'm always holding out hope that they will join us and if I can just add at the end they're all all really really valid things that people have said there I think sometimes if you're really feeling frustrated about something I'd never advocate shouting or or doing anything like that but actually just saying how you're feeling like to to be honest with you like as someone who's living my life in this way what you've said that like it's it's really frustrating or it's really upsetting me actually and sometimes just getting that out in a dignified way gets it out of your system and then then you can carry on from there and if that really upsets someone that you've you've said that it annoyed them well then maybe the time right then is not going to be the time that you'd, you'd get anything done because they're feeling quite fragile. But actually, it, you'll have planted some seed there, particularly if you've if you've expressed your frustration in a, a diplomatic way. Just just a thought. Uh, let's leave things there for now. However, for all of you listening right now, do get in touch with your thoughts on what we've covered in this episode. Have you resonated with what you've heard or have we tipped you over the edge? Hopefully not. But if we have, tell us why. Yes, enough of the falafel at gmail.com is our email address and we're on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Enough of the Falafel. Next week on Vegan Talk, Anthony will be joined by Dominic. So turn your headphones down a notch. It's our two loudest co-hosts, but it's set to be a grand old time. Right, thanks everyone for listening. Do please share the show and give us a review if you can find the time. We'll be back on Monday with the vegan news and commentary in episode 45 of Vegan Week. Until then... I've been Paul. I've been Kate. And I've been Julie. And I've been Anthony. And you've been listening to Vegan Talk from Enough of the Falafel.